Hello everyone and welcome to episode four of Studio Mate Steve. Now I've got my first international superstar guest today and it is Chris Chatterton. How are you, Chris? I read. <laughs> I read, pet. I read. Now I've got, to, I've got to not do a terrible Newcastle accent all the Shall way we? through, even though I'm tempted. I was, I was thinking we could do the whole thing in Geordie. <laughs> I always wonder, I'm, I'm going off topic again already, you don't listen to The Archers, do you? No, I don't. Because there's a character on The Archers, can't remember her name, and she's Georgie, but I don't know if she's real Georgie or if she's pretending, because sometimes her accent, I'm not too sure about it. But Anyway, never mind. What I'm going to do is, I'm going to read out your bio, and then we can talk about The Archers later. Is that all right? Okay, go. Well, Chris began his career, I tell you what, in graphic design. <laughs> before, before moving into animation, see another animator. We'll talk about that later. Working on a variety of projects, including Doctor Who, wow, and CBB's The Dumping Ground. I've not heard of The Dumping Ground. The mind boggles. Tell me about it in a minute. Okay. As an author and illustrator, Chris has contributed to over 50 children's books published worldwide, including the best-selling series 10 Minutes to Bed by Rhiannon Fielding and The Worry Saurus by Rachel Bright. Um, Chris lives with his fiance, a small pug called Bun. Oh no, sorry, with his fiance and a small pug called Bun. <laughs> <laughs> You're not marrying a dog, are you? <laughs> I'm um, originally from County Durham in the UK, Chris now lives and works in, get this, Barcelona. Welcome, Chris. Thanks. So, Barcelona, how did that come about? Uh, I just got bored of uh, being around you in Brighton, and uh, <laughs> I wanted some sunshine, yeah. It's true, because, yeah, we used to be studio mates in Brighton, didn't we? Uh, we did, yes. And we used to get into all sorts of trouble and all sorts of scrapes. And we used to, I remember we used to listen to Popmaster a lot. Do you still listen to Popmaster? Every now and again, yeah, I put, I put Radio 2 on, Um <laughs> But yeah, it make... I think of you every day. I, I, oh. I listen to it. Thanks. If you get three, if you get three in ten. Um, so, what's it like living in Barcelona compared to the UK, and how does it work work-wise? Because obviously, you can't just hop to London for a meeting or and stuff. So, is it working out all right? Yeah, fine. I mean, well, I could hop to London. It's like the flights and stuff are pretty cheap. But I think, like, obviously, I was I was living in New, Newcastle before. Yeah. moving down to Brighton and there so like I never really kind of went to London for many uh meetings anyway so it's kind of like we're doing on, on the phone or but then like since lockdown everything's just kind of zoom calls now so I think yeah. I've had I've met and spoke to like editors and art directors more now since right. since moving away to a different country than I ever did before well, that's interesting, isn't it? I guess because of lockdown, everyone is more used to just hopping on a Zoom call or, or Microsoft yeah. Teams, aren't they? So I guess it has. And what I like about it, actually, is a lot of the festivals now, you can sort of get tickets for online, like at the Hay Festival and Edinburgh Festival and stuff. So I think it's sort of improved things um, digitally. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, for events stuff. Um, so speaking of where you're working, it's time for the... Description. Okay. So, do you work from home? Have you got a studio? Tell us about it. Do you work with your fiance? Does your pug help? How does it work? <laughs> uh, no studio. We're just we're just in the the flat. So we've got a little spare room. We're both in there. Nice. Um, got a little desk in the corner. 
I've got <laughs> I've got three monitors. Well, one's a Cintiq. Three? Then, uh, yeah. I use one for my emails and kind of uh, and like uh, reference images, that sort of thing. And then the other one's for uh, the BBC iPlayer. <laughs> so I just, I just kind of catch up on UK TV uh, during the day mainly. Oh, um, how's your Spanish coming along? Oh, it's rubbish. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> well, I kind of, I, I, for the most part, I think it's okay. I can, I'll never starve and I'll, I won't get thirsty. But okay. uh, <laughs> it's kind of, once once it goes off piece a bit, the conversation, I'm just like, like a rabbit in headlights. It's, yeah, it's terrible. What's the most complicated um, or longest word you know in Spanish that's not, that you can say on this podcast? <laughs> Uh, tapas porfa. Oh, that's <laughs> impressive. I didn't no, know no. I didn't. I don't want to make a fool of myself. <laughs> um, so tell, <laughs> tell us how you started off in graphic design and then moved to animation. Because we talked with, uh, with Benji about this because there's a lot of us that are in children's yeah. books were in animation. So how did that all start? Because um, Benji and Jim Fields sort of had their own company. They did it that way after uni and everything. So how did you start? Uh so you got to rewind. So I was about like twelve or thirteen at school, and okay. you had to do like work experience. And we had yeah. a family friend who was an artist, but he had a graphic design company. Who well, it was just it was just him. He was freelance. Yeah. Uh, so I went to do uh, my work experience with him, and then he kind of offered me a Saturday job. Mm-hmm. So he taught taught me all the kind of graphic design sort of stuff, and I was using using like Photoshop one, maybe. I don't know. It's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and freehand and quark and all this kind of stuff. Um, but I was always kind of interested in animation and like Disney and all that kind of stuff and Wallace and Gromit and would like I would do all that kind of stuff in my spare time. Yeah. Uh, so then kind of af- after school, uh, I did a graphic design course. Uh, so that was like two years, and then during that time, I was kind of learning 3D, yeah. teaching myself that and bits of animation. And then I went on to another college course, which was multimedia design, which was a waste of time. It was terrible. It was just like yeah. HTML um, and kind of CD ROMs and all that kind of stuff. CD ROM, so, yes, C-ROM. I know. Um, and then I was working at an advertising company, like photo editing and uh, like doing some graphic design and so that but i was kind of still sending out my 3d work to companies in the northeast mm-hmm. and there was this little company in hartlepool uh run by neil bushnell there was like five of them in the company i think yeah and he, fa- he finally got me to do some freelance work and then after that he uh, i got a job there and i think it was with that company for like nearly 10 years well, that's a uh, long time. Yes. Yeah, it was good, though. It was kind of like, so Neil, even though he's kind of, it was his company and my boss, he's like, mm. he's, even to this day, um, he's one of my best friends. It's kind of, mm. it was just kind of like having a friend as a boss, really, so right. it was it was good. Um, yeah, and then it was kind of like, th- things happened within, we, we, merged, we merged with another, another company and things happened with that and the creative side of stuff disappeared and that's when I kind of, took the leap into illustration see 
Yes. It's funny because, yeah, a lot of us didn't actually study illustration. And now that's what we've ended up doing the most of. Because I wanted to just draw characters more. Instead of having to mm. make a move, I just wanted to design more and more characters. Is that kind of what you wanted to do as well? Yeah, I, I, I still don't like doing the backgrounds in books. <laughs> when yeah. I started doing picture books, I yeah, I I thought I don't want to draw cars, and I don't want to draw trees, and I don't want to draw buildings. So what kind of yeah. book can I do? And now it feels like the main thing that I do is is buildings and vehicles. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. Characters is kind of what I, I love to do, and I think kind of having the knowledge of animation, you can kind of picture mm. this character in different like poses and kind of angles and that sort of thing so i think i think that's why so many people have come from animation into illustration yes there's so, many, there's so many principles kind of from animation that you can use in illustration and i think because you could be an amazing illustrator but you've got to have that sort of um <sighs> You've you got to know how a story works. You've got to know how to draw characters from yeah. different angles so they look basically the same. And so I think there's a lot of artists that maybe struggle initially and need a lot more help from editors and designers to show yeah. them how to make their art, their incredible art, into like pic picture bookable, really, isn't it? It's quite tricky. Yes. And so I guess, yeah, learning storyboarding and facial expression and everything is really handy coming from an animation background. And I think yeah. that, really come, that really comes across in your books because I'm quite jealous because in, in some of my books, I'm not allowed any vignettes because of how the stories work. Um, if you look at Shifty McGifty book, there's no vignettes at all. It's all oh, double goodness. page, full bleed spreads. Um, so I'm I'm quite jealous of your of some of your books because um, like Stompy Saurus, not your Worry Saurus. There's there's a lot of vignettes in those with white backgrounds. <laughs> uh, yes, it's uh, well. I mean, it kind of it breaks up the 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 pictures a little bit and kind of like the the pacing. But uh, yeah, that's yeah, your it's, excuse. It's, it's yeah. not, <laughs> but I think like well with. With those books and kind of the, especially like the Gus books that I did, yes. I kind of, I don't tend to have as much background there. It's kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of either on white or with Gus, it's kind of like colored backgrounds with just the kind of bits and pieces that you need. Yeah. Well, it's good because you do characterization so well because the facial expressions and the comedy and the pacing that you get across, especially in the two Gus books that you've done so far. Is there going to be another Gus book, do you know? No, there's not. Oh, no. Unfortunately. I know. I had an idea for it, but uh, it, it, it's not happening. Oh, these things happen. It's like we're still hoping that there's going to be, we can. We want to finish the Nothing to See Here Hotel series, but we don't know what's going on with that. <sighs> say no more, say no more. There's a big cliffhanger at the end of book four, and everyone's like, well, what happens? Like, well, we do want to tell you, Simon and Schuster, if you like. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, onward upwards. The Gotham. Um, so how is it working, working with, because you're with three, well, and more, but um, at the moment you're working with Rhiannon Fielding, who's doing incredibly well with the 10 Minutes to Bed series, yeah. and Rachel Bright, and Peter Bentley. Yeah. Who's your favourite? No, I'm joking. You don't have to tell me who your favourite is. But um, how, how's it working out? Because obviously you're very busy. How is your schedule working out just now? Because are you balancing sort of three books at a time, two, four? What, how's it, what's your timetable like just now? Tend to kind of do at least two books at a time really like yeah. but not kind of i'm working on both constantly it's kind of uh we'll be in talks or i'll be doing like a character sketch and that gets sent off for feedback so i kind of then i'm back on another book 
Yeah. Um, so you kind of like, you know what it's like waiting for feedback. Sometimes it can be weeks. So you've got, you've got all that time. So this is why I kind of, I think probably a lot of illustrators do this. You need to overlap. You can't you just do, kind of like yeah. start, finish, and then kind of, and then the next one happens. Well, yeah, not no. for me anyway, but, mm-hmm. um, but it kind of works well because uh, I'll get, I'll get bored if I'm working on the same thing like for too yeah. long. So if you've got like two or three things on the go, you can kind of jump on one one day and then or in the afternoon, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's it good just to kind of keeps things <laughs> fresh. I feel like it's okay if you're roughing a picture book out and doing colour artwork in one, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. But I found that trying to do colour artwork in two picture books at the same time, that's a bit impossible, I think. Yeah, it's it's too much, yeah. It's kind of the colour the colour side for me is just like the the worst part. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I second-guess myself with it all the time. Yeah, no, it's really difficult. Um, so can you tell us a bit about what you're working on at the moment? Because you've the, the 10 Minutes to Bed series is phenomenally um, successful, isn't it? So there's, how many are yeah. there at the moment? How many are there? There's there's nine out at the minute. Um, and there's, a, there's a cuddly toy version as well, Unicorn, isn't there? There is, yes. And there's sticker books and little... Uh, flap books and all kinds of stuff now. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's just gone absolutely crazy. Yeah. Um, so and so, are you working on a new one now? I am. Yes, I'm just I'm coloring at the minute uh, the last in the series. Well, the last for now, which is yeah. book ten. Okay. Uh, but we've got something kind of in in the works, right? Uh, which is I don't know if I can say I don't know what to say really. Uh, it's kind of a a spin-off of that world right okay um but yeah i think that's all i can say all right so there's one more in the 10 minutes to bed and then yes what is it going to be what 20 minutes till bed five minutes <laughs> till bed. quick like, five minutes till bed 10 Get seconds bed. yeah <laughs> oh, that's exciting and what yeah. about are they going to because you've also worked with um philippa gregory on her princess rule books are there any yes. more of those there's just three or just just the three yeah oh, they're, they're all they're all done that's a nice um, trilogy. Yes, but I'm uh, currently working on my some of my own books as well. Nice. Can you tell us yeah. anything about those, or is that all top secret? Mm, it's. I can't really tell you much. It's. Uh, I can tell you it's about a little bear. Right. Um, and uh, it's going to be a novelty series. So it's like. Um, oh, that, what's that mean? <laughs> that uh with mechanisms that sort of thing you know oh brilliant so like board book uh, yes yes oh. so yes. are you working with a because people listening that don't know because i've always wanted to do a pop-up book or a board book mm. um i was hoping that camilla reed when she was at nosy crow was going to take me on to a board book but it never happened boo um and so you work with a so you need to work with a paper engineer type person don't you well uh, it's with Ladybird again, so I've just right. been working with um, the art director um, on it. I, I right. guess they've they've done so many. I think yeah. they they must have a kind of an idea of they how it works. Work. Well, I guess uh, I it's... think. Sorry, go on. I was going to say that I think the paper engineering is more kind of if it's a pop up. Pop up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. But yeah, that's it. I've I've done flat books before, but this is the first time I've done like real mechanisms and it's right. it's it, it's tricky yeah it's it's a bit yeah it's incredible because you think they've been around board books with mechanisms and things have been around for so long and you think oh 
that everything must have been done all the different ways that you know the different things that you can do with a page or a bull book have been done but um especially when i look at the nosy crow um books yes. they're always coming up with really original new things i mean there's always a mirror at the end which uh, you know spoiler alert Very for you. at the end of all the bull books <laughs> there you are there you are um but there you are um, but yeah, no, there's some, and the Busy Bear books are brilliant as well. So many different yeah. things that they do with um, with Benji's illustrations. It's brilliant. So no, so are you finding that a nice challenge or is it pretty easy? Yeah, I think, well, the design of stuff is like the easy part. I think it's just the, the writing is yeah. the, the hardest part, even though it's kind of, it's a board book and it's fairly simple. Yeah. Sometimes that makes it a little bit harder as well, but um, I don't really class myself as a writer although i've kind of no i don't i've read i've read your books and i wouldn't have thought you were right for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult isn't it i feel a bit like because i've just finished writing the fourth genie and teeny book and i do think oh i think that's quite good i think it's all right um but then i do always feel like oh but i'm an illustrator really it, it, it's difficult for illustrators to sort of break through into being accepted as an author sometimes yeah um, i think people do sort of pigeonhole you as oh it's a good try but you're an illustrator i think i think to get that a bit i think it's it is tricky i think for me it's just because i find it harder it's like it's not yeah. it doesn't come as easy as like drawing a cute character or something you know it's no 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 it's, it's really difficult so um you're obviously very very busy and you work on t loads of stuff so do you start in a sketchbook or on paper or do you use an ipad how do you get your characters going and especially on the latest thing you're working with with all the mechanisms and stuff how are you working that out are you, are you making little models of the of the pages or what, how's it working uh for, well 10 well I, I tend to kind of for a picture book um, I'll get the text and I just print that out straight away and I kind of read over a few times and then I just I doodle around the edges of, of on this paper. Yeah. Uh, and I just find like you just kind of get out your rubbish ideas just and it kind of just, <laughs> just let it flow. Uh, and then some of them you kind of might think, oh, that might work. And then I kind of move into thumbnails from that. Yeah. Uh, either I don't really, I don't tend to do it in a sketchbook. I know you do, but. Um, I kind of just do it on like printer paper, so I just yeah. I don't feel like oh it needs to be pretty or it needs to be nice. No, it just needs to be a thing, the same thing. It just needs to work. Yeah, um, and I tend to kind of and I I don't know why this is. I just do I draw really small. I think oh. maybe so I can't put like much detail in. I think that's uh, good. Though. Um, when I do school events and and the kids ask me um, how I start designing stuff i always say well i've just drawn a big version of a character here so you could copy along but i start in mm. a really small like it's smaller than a i've got it in front of me now it's like a half of a five a six <laughs> yeah not difficult is it yeah a six little sketchbook and i'll just start doing tiny tiny little drawings yeah. of something um like i've got a tortoise character going on at the moment that might go somewhere i'm not sure and so i tell the kids just start small because it's so much quicker to draw things small and, and then as you get more confident and you think something's working then draw it slightly bigger and bigger until it's yeah. sort of at the yeah. right scale the worst thing is is like you, you can draw something small and kind of quick and loose and then when you yeah. kind of when you blow that up and try to do it bigger, it's just like you just lose all that kind of that looseness and life. That's, it's difficult, isn't it? And doing um getting the energy and yeah. the lines in from a rough sketch into final artwork is really yeah. difficult as well, isn't it? Sometimes it can look too static. Yes, yeah, totally. It's I'm still kind of trying to chase that one, trying to find the the magic 
uh, formula for that one. Because you, how do you create the textures in your picture books? Because you've got some lovely textures going on there, Chris. Lovely textures. Thanks, thanks. Uh, <laughs> uh, so some of them are kind of like just brushes. Um, what do you mean, then... just brushes? What do you mean, Do Lux? Oh, what like, do you mean? Like, so just kind of textured brushes in Photoshop. Um, yes, and then, but like re in the last few years, I've kind of I do my own pencil textures or kind of just like yeah. some ink textures and just kind of splatter that sort of thing yeah um watercolor just kind of anything that's just kind of uh is a bit of fun to do yeah. and then kind of takes it away from the digital sort of feel of things as well yeah yeah because it's nice i really love i think my favorite um cover i think the worry saurus is still my favorite because it's got that lovely the textures on the rock mm -hmm. and everything it's just sort of so simple but it's really effective whereas obviously the 10 minutes till bed they're quite there's quite a lot going on there i, yeah. I you know what i forgot to ask you about 10 minutes to bed we've yeah. talked about this in the studio before because you can't use really really bright daytime colors can you because the whole point of 10 minutes to bed is it's encouraging a child to start going to sleep and feeling tired yeah so kind so of each yeah each book starts sort of sunset and it gradually yes. gets darker and darker so was that a big um, challenge to begin with or did that come easy that was kind of uh it was okay at first and then on the 10th book it's kind of like how many how many sky colours can I, can I figure out? <laughs> it's, get, it's getting a bit tricky now. Well, the um, the little fairy one's a bit brighter than the others, the co uh, cover-wise, isn't it? Yes, yeah. No, really nice. So um, is it printed on wood-free or is it on glossy paper, 10 minutes to bed? I forgot. 10 minutes to bed is, is the glossy, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. So everything Which kind of appears a bit darker. Yeah. Um, I should know because I have got them. Is Worry Stories, is that on wood-free paper? That is, yeah, that's wood-free paper. And so it I, kind I of soaks in. I never know why it's called wood-free, because it obviously is made of wood. <laughs> yeah, me too. In the way. So people yeah. that don't know, um, most picture books, I think, in general, are printed on sort of your average sort of glossy paper, shiny mm. paper, um, which holds colour better, doesn't it? It's more accurate. Yes. getting your get like from the more vibrant, yeah. Yeah, but if you use um, wood-free... Um, for some reason, most of my books are wood-free because it sort of goes with a pastel-y sort of... Mm. Like with your Worry Sora series with Rachel as well, I think wood-free lends itself because it's just that nice... Those, those nice pastel colours and pastel textures as well. It yeah. just makes it feel more authentic somehow. Well, the Worry Sora was the first time I'd done everything like fully analogue. Everything was right. just pencil. Right. Oh, um, okay. So, like, yeah, I sketched everything... And then I kind of trace it, and then I did like silhouettes for all the all the characters right, and all okay. the kind of line work, and then scan that in and recolor it in Photoshop and kind of put it together like a like a collage type thing. Brilliant. And are you still doing that, even though you've pro probably a bit busier than when you did the first one? Are you still doing it that way? I I kind of uh, for some books I, it's kind of a mix, and then yeah, for some books I kind of do the whole thing pencil. Yeah. It's it's quite nice just to get away from the computer sometimes as well. So we've got the Worrysaurus, the Huggersaurus, the Stompysaurus, and the Wobblysaurus. Is there another Saurus coming out as well? Uh, there, there will be, yes. Oh, I'm trying to guess what it might be. <laughs> well, I don't even know yet, so... Um, if anyone's got any guesses, do yeah. DM. Yeah. Send them in. If any, any suggestions, do send them to Rachel and Chris. Rachel's so good, isn't she? She's just so... She's she's like a mega author, isn't she, Rachel? Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's like when I... 
when I first got the text and kind of to to read through and then kind of realized it was it was her. I was like, oh yeah. wow, this is, yeah, this is this is good. Yeah, she's she does the stories and everything. The rhyming is just yeah, it's spot on. Yeah, there just seem to be well. There's a lot of um, well, Peter Bentley's brilliant as well. I'm lucky to work with Tracy Corduroy yeah. and um, Rachel Morris Rowe, who does the How to Grow series. She's she's so new and she's so phenomenal at rhyming because it's not easy to get scanned no. right God and no. to, to get a, to not repeat yourself and to make each word count because there isn't many um, pages in a in a picture book, are there? Yeah. So it's very difficult yeah. to write rhyming text. It's almost impossible, I think. It's tricky for sure. Yeah. So my so the bear books that I'm doing at the minute, the that's that's rhyming. It's, right. Yeah. It, yeah. It's tricky. <laughs> yeah. Even though it's just a couple of lines, but um, yeah, it's it, it's not easy. No. No. Um. So obviously, I'm in the UK and I'm used to living in the UK, and I go to like Waterstones and my independent mm. shops. What's it like living in Spain? What's the what does it feel like? What are children's bookshops like? Are there any? Um, I think there are in Barcelona, aren't there? Yeah, there's loads. Yeah. We, we, we do have things in Spain, you know. It's, it's... I know. I just wonder. <laughs> shut up. I was just, I was just wondering what the difference is and how often, like, you venture out to a bookshop and what the, what um, stylistic differences you notice between um, the picture books mm. and younger fiction titles in Spain compared to the UK. So yeah, there was a point to my uh, okay. question. <laughs> um, I, I try not to go um there's much now because i kind of i had like a, such a massive collection of picture books before moving here and then yeah i kind of had to get rid of a lot just for the yeah. move yeah. and then i don't have much like spare space in in the house so no. um yeah i tend not to kind of buy so many anymore but i mean there's there's loads of there's loads of bookshops here in barcelona and then there's even yeah. a english bookshop as well oh is there i didn't i haven't stumbled yes. upon that one whereabouts is that Oh God! Uh, you don't need to tell the address, but is it in cent? Is it central? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because um, I'm coming to Barcelona for New Year, aren't I, Chris? Yes, you are. Yes. So I will have to try if that if that shop's open around that yeah. time. We'll yeah, should be. Yeah, go and have a look. Very excited about Barcelona New Year. It's going to be a lot. It's of going fun. to be very good. Yes. Um. So, what's it like living and working with another illustrator? Uh. For the most part, it's good. Um, <laughs> I've got to watch what I say. Uh, no, 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 it's it's really good. It's kind of it's nice having somebody there to kind of go, "What do you think of this?" Yeah. Um, and kind of just getting some feedback uh, when you've just kind of been staring at an image all day. Yeah. Um, but most days we kind of just like we get on with stuff and it's kind of got our headphones in and yeah, I'll be like catching up on. Popmaster, uh, Popmaster, or like, yeah, all the kind of UK TV sort of thing, and yeah. and Jenny's on with the true crimes, <laughs> <laughs> listening, not not actually doing the true crimes. Well, I mean, like, if she if she did do one, she'd totally get away with it because she knows everything. An <laughs> <laughs> expert, yeah. Well, oh, that's really cool. So, um, I've got some questions from some people. Now, I've only got their first names. The first one is from Samuel. Okay, you ready? Yes. Your colour work is phenomenal. I think this is for wow. you, Chris. Might <laughs> just double check that one. It might be for Chris Riddell, actually. Uh, your colour work is phenomenal. Where did you learn your sense of colour? Where did you get that sense of colour? Uh, see, colour is just kind of the worst part of a book for me. I just kind of... Really? You can't tell it. Look, it's, you, you, well, you, you struggle well. 
I, so I do, I have to do color roughs with everything. Yeah. Um, and I kind of just block everything out. Uh, so I put everything on one sheet. It's kind of like the thumbnail sort of size. Yeah. Uh, and then I kind of block everything out. And then that just means I can kind of tweak the colors and kind of get everything kind of working. I mean, it, yeah. I have a kind of sense of like how colors go together and kind of what like complementary colors and all that kind of stuff. Like I think a lot of, illustrators do but it's still yeah. for me it just takes it takes so long um and especially because the most of the books i do they don't have outlines no and let's see if, if you've got like one yellow next to another yellow and it doesn't kind of pop then you just kind of i just think oh if i just put an outline around that it would be <laughs> it would be so much easier i think that's another animation thing because I don't really have, I just have minimal outlines. Well, if I'm doing fiction, and if you're doing fiction as well, you've got more outlines, haven't you? Mm, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, my characters haven't got a lot of lines. Fiona Woodcock hasn't. Benji, mm -hmm. Jim. I think it's me. I wonder why we don't, our styles don't sort of have a lot of outlines going on. It's yeah. interesting, that, isn't it? I wonder why. Because yeah. I think a lot of us, because of studying animation, we were exposed to a lot of concept artwork, especially in like yeah. art of Disney and Don Bluth and all these kind of yeah art of books. I think we all fell in love with concept art first, and I think yes. we're trying to make our picture books look a bit concept arty, aren't we? Yeah, I think it kind of definitely kind of coming from that world. Yeah, um, basically copying Mary Blair, basically. Well, yeah, I mean, comes God, yeah, Mary Blair, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, to get back to the kind of the color thing, I think I use I use photo reference as well sometimes. Yes, um, and kind idea. of you can blur that and color pick and kind of just see what works with that. But like, I don't have kind of a like an easy answer to that. I know there's like there's artists out there just kind of just know it off by heart and they can just whatever they picked us it worked yeah but yeah. no that's not me <laughs> it takes it takes days sometimes to do a like the it full color take, rough it can take ages. i think when you see see someone as, as successful as you and you think oh well they find it easy oh they just you know slap a dinosaur on the cover or oh, they're there but it does take ages doesn't it to make especially yeah. a picture book it, they always look fairly simple but it takes forever to do a picture book yeah and it's like even with the 10 minutes to bed it's kind of because mm. the light's going down, it's you, you can't just use the same kind of colour no. palette throughout. No, that's a um, bit too boring. Yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, that's kind of tricky because it's not just, okay, I've got my colours kind of working there, my palette. Yeah. And take that through. It's You've got to kind of, each spread is a different challenge. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's working. It's it's worth it's worth. The well, I'm, yeah, that's that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got another question. This one's from Otto. Sorry, I haven't got your surname, Otto. Um, digital these versus traditional. What's your opinion, Chris? What's your opinion? Digital versus traditional media. I think there's like space for everything, really. Um, yeah. I think there's some people out there kind of do digital, and it just looks like it doesn't feel digital. Yeah. Um, I think like like Benji's stuff. He's kind of I know he, he does it well. He's like Stormwheel, that sort of thing. He does it all digital, but yeah, I just feel like it doesn't feel doesn't have that kind of harsh digital sort of feel to it. No, no. Um, but I think there's kind of there's definitely space for for everything, and like in in, in terms of my work, I've kind of I introduce, I'll do a bit of both now. 
because yeah. it's quite nice to kind of to just drop in some pencil textures here and there or yeah kind of so it works you do you are all you're just all digital aren't you well, I start off sketchbook and character design and thumbnails and a bit of um, layout I mm. will do in my sketchbook. I feel like if I don't thumbnail everything out first in a sketchbook, it doesn't feel like I've started properly. And then I think okay. it doesn't make as good a book somehow. Um, but as soon as I'm happy with characters and the layout, then I'll go into my iPad now because I just prefer working with the pencil okay. in there. And it's just quicker because you're actually putting the apple pencil on the screen have you, you do you use ipad as well i've forgotten yeah yeah i've yeah. done a couple of books on the ipad as well have you, what do you mean the not finished full book yeah like for all the artwork for it yeah really? which and ones then... do you want to say which ones <laughs> no i don't want to say um no no it was it was one of the um the no one of the the dinosaur books, the 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 saurus. Oh, yes. I was kind of like trying to get that sort of pencil texture. Yeah. Um, and I think it kind of, I think it worked. But like for me, I can kind of, I can tell a little bit. So I think uh, I I tried it, and then I've gone back to doing it all by hand. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. I was trying to remember the other day because a tip that you taught me, but I always forget how to do it. When you've drawn a character, when it's in Photoshop, do you what do you, you flip it, don't you, to check that it works from both yeah left and right, like Prince Charles's head on a coin, Queen Elizabeth's <laughs> head on a coin. You yes. check that it works both sides. How? What? What made you start doing that? Because I hadn't heard of it before you did it, and I wondered why you were doing it. It's kind of like well painters do it with like they look in a mirror and kind of it's because you're looking at something and your eye just gets used to it and you don't see like what the problems are so if you flip it then just kind of your brain sees it in a different way and you can kind of see oh like that eyeball is kind of too high or like it's not kind of yeah the head is is off center the sort of thing you know i know what you mean because sometimes i'll flip something and think oh that doesn't look right so i flip it back quick and pretend that i've never seen it but you were like <laughs> you, but you're like perfect and i think oh well no one will see it from that angle and it looks all right well, looking left to right so you say that but like you know like sometimes <gasps> publisher might flip something to like for advertising it or something you know that's true yes but uh, i do it i do it with characters i do it with like the full spreads, um, sketches, that sort of thing. And I There's just... also um, something else that you taught me that I've completely forgotten how to do it as well. <laughs> I should have made a note, shouldn't I? Don't you like, if, if, if you don't like it how, it, how it's looking from left to right instead of right to left or whatever, you mm. use a tool that sort of yes. tweaks it slightly, but how, what is it? Liquify. Yeah, see, I've forgotten how to use Liquify. Cause, can you just explain it? Because I think people might find this interesting because I've forgotten. So yeah. this will be down on record so I can listen back to this and what to do. So you've got, you've got like a character sketch. You yes. flip it. It looks weird. Uh, you just kind of want to move some things around. But instead of like rubbing stuff out and then kind of starting again, you can go to up to in Photoshop, filter, Liquify. And that's kind of like you're just kind of pushing the artwork around. Yeah. And you can kind of like push it into like the shapes that you want and kind of like the positions. And it just like, it just makes it so much quicker than just like having to redraw everything. Yeah. And it's best than using like, because if you use like skew and all those mm. transform things, that can just get a bit messy, can't it? Well, I mean, I do all that sort of thing as well, but it's just like the liquify, especially if it's just, oh, that, that 
that eyeball needs to go a bit down or something, you know, just yeah, um, or a bit bigger, that sort of thing. It's it's yeah, it's a it's a handy tip. I can't believe you forgot. I know. Well, I I, I don't know. I'm so stuck in my ways because I try. When I first learned Photoshop, I tried too many things, and you know, um, you know, putting light effects on everything. It's like, oh, look, it's like a real lens flare. <laughs> yeah. When I'm coloring in Photoshop, I use two brushes, and mm. I make sure that I only use because I, I wanted one that felt like a pastel because I used mm -hmm. to do everything in chalk pastel, so I wanted a chalk pastel, and then I wanted a decent pencil, so I just used those because I feel like if I was using traditional media, I would basically just be using that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I do need to be a bit more experimental because i do feel like i'm getting to a stage now where i want to push myself a bit more and not just rely on what i'm doing all the time um but i've got some projects coming up that will sort of force me to do that anyway hopefully so that's good, oh, that's good. but i think it's um, a bit, if I, I think if you've got something that kind of works mm, like if it ain't broke don't, don't fix it sort it. of thing i think i just i have like a handful of brushes maybe five tops i yeah, use kind yeah. of pretty much on everything five tops i thought you had more clothes than that chris <laughs> yeah, no, no, no pants. Just always going into Zara, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, that's why I spotted that uh, that teeny jumper. Yeah, right, yeah. I know. It? Yeah, thank you. I, I have because I bought two black and white star jumpers for my genie and teeny events, and it's because you texted me saying, "Have you seen yeah. this in Zara Lake?" I've got that on my CV now. <laughs> your, your wardrobe assistant <laughs> now i've got another question from amy and she wants to know because on your website and on instagram you've got an amazing model version that people can buy of gus how mm. on earth did you go did you set about creating a very sort of i don't mean this in the derogatory way but a flat 2d character which like pepper sort of like pepper pig in a way because make uh, I've got friends that work on Peppa Pig and it's very difficult to make 3D models of Peppa Pig and make them look accurate and yeah, nice. Yeah. But, I mean, they've done it and obviously, you know, they've made billions on the Peppa Pig toys. But how did you make a 2D character into a brilliant 3D version that looks good from every angle? So you, I started with, uh, like, drawing it from different angles, which kind of comes from... Good start. The anim <laughs> animation again, you know? So it's kind of like you have your... Your side, your front, your back. Turn around. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then that was 3D built uh, by somebody. Uh, right. And then in like in, in the computer. Yeah. And then uh, I had that for a little while. I got it 3D printed. I thought, oh, this this might be quite cute as a little, little toy. Yeah. And, and then kind of went down that rabbit hole of uh, finding a manufacturer and kind of getting it all done and spending far too much money and just kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was it was worth it. it was a bit of like a passion project it was brilliant though yeah a bit of a vanity project but i think it's great and the packaging because i bought one didn't i because i'm gullible yes you did Thank i you. bought one <laughs> but it is brilliant and i love the box i haven't thrown the box away because it's just so nicely designed ah. did you Thanks. do you should make um i want a santa hat and a jumper from merry christmas gust to go on it at christmas Okay, well, I, I don't think I want to make all them, but <laughs> I'll leave that to you. I did make one last year when I was trying to sell them last year. If you could just, can you not just 3D print a jumper and a hat? <laughs> oh, yeah, good do it. There are some available still. And just now, horn that one in there. Okay, I became a fan of your work when I I loved you because you um you had a go at doing I nearly said Blue Peter then Peter Rabbit 
and lots of other versions of like Star Wars characters and Harry Potter mm. characters and stuff. Are you and Gollum? Are you still working on little things like that in your spare time, or are you too busy now to sort of do those kind of designs? No, not really. I mean, the, the Peter Rabbit thing was. Uh, Is that uh, a pitch? Yes. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't get the job, unfortunately. But yeah, I really enjoyed that one. That would have been a very nice one to have. Uh, so when you. Yeah, Sorry, when you're doing a pitch, how does that? Because people that might not know what a pitch, what, what we mean when we say pitch, how does that, how does a pitch style situation work for an illustrator? So the uh, publisher will have a text that they want to uh, illustrate for, but they might have they, they they don't really know who they want. No. So then they might go to I don't know, it's like five illustrators, and they ask ask them to do like a character sketch or. Um, I've been. It's been known to kind of do a full spread before. Oh, have you? Um, yes. Um, and they came back with changes, which was a bit weird. And I didn't get the job. Um, <laughs> That's cheeky, isn't it? You're like, oh, I must have it if they've come back with changes. And they're like, yeah. thanks for changes. No. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then they'll, they will tend to pay you for that for the artwork as well. Yeah. They should. I think they should do anyway. Um, and yeah. then it's and then it's kind of I guess it depends on how they see the book. Um, yeah, yeah. Because um, have you had any? Have you pitched there any recently? Was there anything you pitched for that you did get? I don't mean that in a horrible way either. Anything <laughs> you got? <laughs> um, I think the Peter Rabbit thing was the last thing I, I've had to do a right a pitch for. Yeah, I think I've been like so lucky since kind of like. Um, the ten minutes to bed and and the worry saurus yeah. and just kind of the success of those. Yeah, um, yeah, it's been I'm being I've been very lucky, I think. Well, I think also art directors and editors and publishers kind of know what they're going to get from you anyway. So maybe yeah. they would just come to you now and say, "Oh, we want Chris Chatterton to do this thing." And also, yeah. um, if there's any illustrators out there that don't get a pitch, uh, it happened to me on. I think I'm allowed to say this. It's not controversial or anything. I was asked to do a pitch for Frank Cottrell Boyce's books years ago. Okay. And I thought, oh, I've never wanted to do fiction. I don't know, but I love Frank's books, so yes, I'll have a go. Did it and didn't get it. Um, and then I think it was like a week or two later, they got back in touch and were like, oh, we're really sorry. We feel like we made the wrong decision, and we, <laughs> w- and we would like you to do it because um, they said Chris Chatterton actually got the job and we think his stuff's rubbish so we want you to do it instead yeah and, I, kind um, of, I, felt, I felt bad for you when I heard that you'd that you'd lost it you know just... <laughs> so it just goes to show though just because you might not get something initially it's a bit like doing an audition isn't it sometimes you might get another call back or something and you yeah you might just get it so don't lose hope i'm waiting on something at the moment that I've, I've decided that i really really want um but i'm sure i'm going to hear that it's a no next week or the week after and i'm no. like oh, i wasn't it anyway keep, uh, keep the and faith then, and then cry yeah keep the faith keep the faith exactly well um speaking of keeping the faith I'm not going to ask if you're religious or anything. Um, but do you have any, how do you deal with, you know, maybe you get some feedback that puts you, you know, puts you out a little bit, or you might get to a, lo- a whole list of changes for a picture book that mm. might make you a bit angry. <laughs> how do you, how do you cope with sort of the, the, the lower points of the, of, of, of the industry and your career? How do you cope? Uh, have a bit of a meltdown at first, throw the computer <laughs> to the other side of the room. <laughs> Straight, start typing out a horrible email <laughs> Mr Zara <laughs> um, I, I don't know it's kind of I think I've had what 
maybe some diva moments, but it's kind of have you? Oh, well, Chris, I no, I think that's probably harsh. I'm probably being too harsh on myself, but it's like it's well in terms of like picture books. I think for like say like Gus, yeah, um, I went through three different editors. Um, so right. each editor kind of had their own sort of ideas on on Which on the book. Yeah. But I felt like because Gus had kind of come out of me and he was like, uh, he was my character and kind of in my text. Yeah. I feel like I knew that kind of world and I was like, well, no, Gus wouldn't do that sort of thing. <laughs> so I think you can kind of go back uh, to the feedback if you kind of fe- really feel like it's like strongly and you're going to have a have a thought on kind of why this wouldn't work. Yeah. But in terms of kind of like little things, like layout issues, that sort of thing, I kind of sometimes I'll just try it quickly. Yeah. Uh, and to see if it works. And then you're like, oh, actually, yes. Or if you still feel like it doesn't work, then you can kind of send off that that little test and say, look, I've tried it. I just don't think it kind of it works and see what they say. That's a good tip because I think I've learned to do that as well. Instead of instantly saying, no, that's not going to work, mm. you actually sketch it out quickly yourself and think, could that work? Yeah, just and yeah, then, rough it out. And then if it doesn't, you're like, no, 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 told you it didn't <laughs> yeah. work. Look, and here's the proof. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, a lot of, yeah, because I get, um, Nosy Crow, who I work with, they are very um, meticulous with their comments and their, uh, yeah, comments nice. and list of comments. And initially I used to be like, oh my goodness, I've never had such a list of changes and things. And then you go through them and you think, actually, yeah, that's improved that, mm-hmm. that works. Oh, I'm not good, sure about yeah. I'm not sure about that one. I might stand my ground on that one because I do think that will affect it um, and not in a good way. But in yeah. general, I think sort of nine times out of ten, I do think, especially with Nosy Crow, they're working with Puffin as well. Um, yeah. They come back with some great comments for um, How to Grow a Unicorn and, and Dragon that's coming out yeah. soon. They're, they're I, really good. But I do think it's important that you work with the team that you get on with really well and you can just have that a bit oh, of banter with them. Yeah, and God, ju- yeah. And just say, like... Claire, are you joking with that comment? <laughs> are you <Yeah>. drunk? <laughs> I think that's kind of the nice, the nice thing about working with a publisher for a long time on, on yes. lots of books. Yeah, and especially yeah. if if the if the team sort of stays the same, then you, yeah, you do have this rapport. Yeah, um, and you kind of like you know each other, and like kind of you get to kind of know what what they know what they're going to get, and you kind of like you know what to expect in terms of feedback, that sort of thing. Yeah, or yeah. what they what they want. Yeah, exactly. Well, you're obviously doing well because you work with quite a few publishers, and um, so you, you've obviously got the right attitude, and people like working with you. Because I do think when um, when I used to teach at City Lit, um, I did have a few students that were just adamant what they were going to do and why they were going to do it, and I was like, and I'd give mm-hmm. them some suggestions, and they're like, mm, no, I'm just going to do what <laughs> I was going to do anyway. It's like. Why are you why are you doing a course? You're yeah. not taking any any advice. And I'm not sort of telling them what to do. I'm just like, oh, I would suggest maybe doing it this way. If you want to, because I always come at, uh, from the angle of you want to create a book that's going to be commercial because it is a job. Yes, it's lovely and it can be quite, it sounds quite romantic. It, it's a job. You've got to pay yeah, your rent exactly. or your mortgage. You've yeah. got to live. You've got to buy food. So therefore... Really, unless you've got a rich partner or you've got another side job where you're getting your main source of income, you've got to make something that's going to be a commercial success. And when people instantly say, no, but it's for my 
pet that died 20 years ago and it's in their <laughs> memory. It's like, well, that's lovely, but I don't know why you're on this commercial course then, but I'll help yeah. make it look pretty. And so I think attitude is a good thing. And I think oh, all the God, people yeah. that I all the people that I know that have got um, healthy, successful, fun, enjoyable careers have got a good attitude. And publishers like working with them and like them yeah. to go in for meetings and like having a drink yes. with them and stuff. I think, I think that's twenty five percent of of a working yeah, relationship be, all about. You, yeah, you got to be friendly and kind of and kind of open to ideas and just yeah, just yeah be a nice person really <laughs> yeah that's, well that's, that's why i don't understand because there's a lot of um twaddle on twitter at the moment about oh the children's book industry is this and the children's book industry is that and it's like have you met most of the people in the children's book industry <laughs> Everyone's they're really lovely. really nice and I, I don't know what you're talking about half the time so yeah. yeah um speaking of we haven't got long left actually but speaking of social media you've got loads of followers on instagram how many, how many followers have you got 40 odd thousand i think something like that that's a lot. How did that? 45. Did you? Did you? Can you offer any advice on <laughs> Instagram and how I can get more? Follow- I mean, how how people in general can maybe up their fellow followership? I have no idea. It's kind of like, <laughs> especially with like in the last few years, the algorithm. Like, yeah. I, I'm now losing more followers a day than I get, kind of than I gain. Really? And I've I've tried. I don't want to do the whole real thing. I'm not kind of like. I'm not no. a person for doing like sticking yourself in front of the camera and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of so I just want to put a picture up and I want, I want that's what I want from my feed. Yeah. But I think like I try doing that and I've tried like posting every day and at a certain time and that sort of thing and it's just like nothing. No. There's no there, there seems to be kind of no rhyme or reason to it really. I think um, if you put, if you put something up and it just hits like if it's just a be- I think if you just put a nice sketch up or a beautiful piece of artwork that will sort of do it anyway, won't it? Really, and, and well, it's not, not all like about recently. I don't think it's kind of unless it's a reel, you just don't get seen. No. Like I put put a sketch up last week or something. It's like three hundred likes, and I think compared to kind of which is lovely, but I like compared to what like other things were getting. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's weird how it's. I, I don't quite understand it, and I don't worry about it too much because I think no, no, I don't know how likes on Instagram, in particularly and Twitter, how it affects sales. Really, I don't. I think because it's more about getting. Um, it, it, I think like school visits and things because you want. It's all about children's books, so you want mm-hmm. as many children as possible to see your work and to yeah. read your books, and they're not all on Instagram, especially yeah, exactly. if you're doing picture books. You know, there aren't four and five year olds um on instagram looking at people's artwork and are yeah. they being funny and what are their reels like yeah. I mean, I know like TikTok. <laughs> yeah that's true but <laughs> but so it's it's more about yeah getting in getting your books into shops which means just making the best product that you can with your publisher and hoping that you know waterstones will take it and all the independents will yeah. support it. it's more about that so i mean i'm just saying that because i've got a lot less followers than you on instagram, <laughs> so i'm trying to balance out in my own mind <laughs> i think it's, it has its kind of advantages of like uh people seeing your work and like you might get some jobs from it yeah uh, so it's yeah. it's a good thing to kind of keep up with but i don't think it's kind of like that should be your your aim like no, oh, I, need, no. I need to do a i need to do a drawing for instagram today sort of thing yeah um yeah I, yeah there's no the dark the dark art of Insta- instagram yeah it's all a bit of a mystery and it seems like everything's sort of crumbling around um, social media at the moment mm. anyway so i guess we'll just have to just keep making the books and hoping that they're, they're in the shops which i mean you don't have to worry about because your books are, are everywhere as well so 
Um, you are well stocked. Right next to yours. Oh, well, I wasn't going to say anything, Chris, but it's true. <laughs> um, right now, we're nearly out of time. So I'm going to ask you my final question that I've asked everyone. So obviously, I don't know if you'll be as prepared as Sophie had. She went on for about 20 minutes about this. Um, bless her. Well, bless her. Um, so you, your current studio mates are a pug and your fiancé, who's also an illustrator. <laughs> but if you could have any studio mate or set of studio mates in an ideal fantasy world, who would you choose? Apart from me again, obviously. Oh, well, I did think about it a little bit and I was going to kind of, I was thinking... Or who would be cool to have, like Mary Blair or Maurice Noble, yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. But then I did think maybe you again, because you bought you brought biscuits. And oh. I, don't think, I don't think anybody else would bring biscuits. So really, yeah, mm, that's true. Actually, that I think yeah, snacks and biscuits are important to get you through the day. I've now started buying um, mince pies for the studio because Ooh. I'm a big mince pie fan, and so any excuse to eat so many mince pies. But you do have that. I always have that three, four o'clock slump where where I just feel like if I don't have something now, there's no way I'm going to last till six o'clock till dinner time. Yeah. Do so you still have the biscuit drawer? Uh, no, we don't have a biscuit drawer because I'm in a different studio now. So we've got we've got quite a few shelves. So we've got a biscuit shelf. Oh, yeah. oh they're on display. Yeah. That's that's a temp. That's too tempting all day. That last week we had we went old school and we got bourbons or bourbons <gasps> and oh. custard custard creams custard creams. Um, you can't go wrong with a hobnob, can you? Um, Zoe Tucker bought some. Um, hi Zoe, because I know she listens to this every week and she, hi, always, she always gets a little thrill when she hears a name. Hi Zoe. <laughs> she hi, Zoe. bought some just some uh, delicious chocolate digestives um, last week as well. Um, some, some of these things we can't get here. So. I was going to say, being in Spain, so what are you missing most, um, sort of food wise, from the UK? And what can you get and what can't you get? I'll I'll give you one guess what it might be. Oh, um, I can't I can't think. Oh, Greg's. <laughs> oh yeah, you're a Greg's fan, aren't you? Oh, well, from Newcastle, come on. Just I remember, didn't we? We tried to start like Greg's Friday, but we only did it once. <laughs> I used to, we used to bring in uh, bacon sandwiches, didn't we? Oh, is there not a um, Greg's equivalent in Barcelona? uh not really um yeah they just they they kind of have a sort of pasty here but it's more like you have your your bakeries which do like the sweet things you know yeah um yeah. and the hamon sandwiches that sort of thing but uh, uh, hamon, hamon yes have you been to totally off topic there's an amazing cheese shop in barcelona run by an amazing hilarious scottish woman have you been there <laughs> i haven't i haven't had the pleasure then i, I shall take send you me the link you... If you take me to the bookshops of Barcelona, I will take you to the Scottish cheese shop in Barcelona. How's that? It's a deal. And we need to find that carver cave that um, Kirsten always talks about, that we did go to once, but you don't believe exists. <laughs> well, I haven't seen it yet. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it I, I feel like it's maybe a tourist trap, but if you want to go there, we can go there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it wasn't my favourite place, but it was fun, so we'll have to try it. Um, now, before we go... Um, where can we find you? So we've mentioned Instagram. Is it just Chris Chatterton or is it underscored or is there anything funny going on there? Instagram, it's uh, Chatterton1, as in the number one. Oh, it's, it's someone already taken yours. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think I'm different on everything else. But if you just kind of, I guess if you do Chris Chatterton, it should just come up. On and also, you've got, a web, you've got a website, which is chrischatterton.com. That's easy. And can you can we find everything from there anyway? I 
think so, yes. <laughs> it's been a while oh, yeah, actually, since Well, it. I'm looking at it now. Yes, you've got, if you go to chrischatson.com and go to contact, you've got your Instagram, your Twitter, your Facebook, ah. and your... Oh, what's that? YouTube? Oh, uh, yeah. What's that triangle? Yeah, yeah, it'll be YouTube. Oh, yeah, YouTube. <laughs> I'm really not down with the kids anymore, am I? <laughs> Well, look, Chris, thank you so much for taking, uh, letting me take up some of your Saturday morning. No, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing you in the new year. Yes. And uh, thank you for people that wrote in questions. Yeah, thank you, everybody. No, uh, and I hope you all enjoyed it. And yes, uh, there's going to be a lovely Christmas special, which is coming up um, at the beginning of December as well with Alex T. Smith. Give that a little plug. And if you want to know who else is coming up on the podcast, you go to Studio Mate Steve on Instagram or Twitter, and you can go to stephenlenton.com and have a look there, and you will see a list of who else is coming up, including Dapo, Adiola, and Lydia Monks, among amongst others. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Chris, and I will see you soon. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. That was great, man. That was great. Was that